Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Should we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. How are you feeling about this, Hamish? I think I'm ready. Are you sure? It's going to be like when I'm a, I was a teenager and learnt about the period. All right. I think this is like the adult <laughs> version of learning that. It is, yeah. I'm sorry to put you on edge. I don't know a lot. 
No, I don't really either. So no. this is why it's an interesting topic. Um, we're going to talk about alcohol and the menopause today. And we get asked to do this episode quite a lot. There's a lot of women that listen to our podcast that that need to know this information. It's not something people talk about. I have no idea why. And George, the other day, my 11-year-old son said to me, Mummy, it's hard being a woman sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> what? What sparked that conversation? I can't remember what sparked it, but I was like, yes, George, it is. I think I was just cooking and cleaning and running around and being a maniac. And he just, that was his, he put his hand on mine and said, he, he felt my pain for oh. a moment, yes. So it wasn't being a mum, it was being a woman Being a woman is what he said, okay, yeah. yeah. It's hard being a woman sometimes. I nearly cried, it was very sweet. <laughs> Today we want to talk about the menopause. I was going to say this might not be for you gents, but I think it's really important for men to know what's going on with our bodies and have more understanding of men's menopause and alcohol, women's needs and the physical complications that come with the change. Oh, you're looking so excited. <laughs> I'm still reeling from the men's menopause comment. Men's menopause. Yep, let's get to that in a minute. I guess in a way, menopause does have men in the name. That's just when you pause men. That's a different thing. uh, That's celibacy. I reckon I know about as much about menopause as you do about cricket. Yeah, which isn't much. I'm coming in at, at very much ground zero here. So I think researching and recording this episode has been a massive learning experience for me. I've gone from knowing absolutely nothing to knowing a little bit. I can of all the episodes we've ever done, there is none that I will learn more okay. than this one. A, a topic that you don't really want to know anything about, no, Hamish. What I, do you think? <laughs> I don't want to say that I don't want to know about it. I understand I need to know about it. Yep. I've got friends going through it now. My wife will go through it at some point. So I understand the importance of me educating myself on it. The only thing I know about menopause is that you get hot flushes. Okay, that's all that anybody that's knows. Every, I don't know how many you get a day. I don't know how long they last. I don't know if that goes on for years or if that's just a few. I, I, that is where I'm coming into this conversation from. Yeah, and that's actually Hamish, pretty much where I'm coming is from. Is that what you're on the same page? <laughs> yeah, but I found out a bit more when writing this. Also, uh, perimenopause. You've written here, just to fill you guys in. She's written the sentence that I need to know about the role alcohol plays when women begin to get the symptoms of perimenopause. Right. I can't pretend that I know what perimenopause is. I thought maybe it had something to do with peri-peri sauce or peri-peri chicken. <laughs> I'm going to assume it doesn't. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It is not. But we will get into that later. This episode is actually going to include some tips for men, Hamish. Good. What to expect and how to best deal with your menopausal partner without going to the pub. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's a fair angle for the men to keep them listening isn't it yes the reason we want to talk about this today is because 75 percent of the people that listen to this podcast are women in their 40s and 50s hello all of whom might be experienced problems with alcohol dependence alongside all sorts of weird perimenopausal symptoms yes and we found out on a previous episode with lucy these symptoms can lead to something called asb which stands for alcohol seeking behavior So even if you are desperate to quit alcohol, your body might not be on the same wavelength. And all the side effects of the menopause might make you want to reach for a glass of wine. Now, I don't want to sound like a total idiot, Vic, because I know I usually do. But can you tell us what menopause actually is? Feels like that should be the place we start. Okay. The word menopause refers to the last or final menstrual period, Hamish. Okay. When a woman has had no periods for 12 consecutive months, she is considered to be postmenopausal. At menopause, loss of ovarian follicles, 
follicular development and ovulation results in cessation. What's that one? Cessation. Cessation of... Oh, it's too hard. This is is too hard. Cessation of cyclical estrogen. And progesterone production. Wow. You write that one or was that No, I can't paste that one. (laughs) (laughs) Most women become menopausal naturally between the ages of 45 and 55 years old, with the average age of onset being about 51. Okay, I think I've got it. Plenty of sciencey words. Basically, it's when... This is for the men, I guess. I'll super leave... Narrow it down. It's so good, our podcast, Hamish, because this is important <laughs> stuff, actually. Because that would have gone over the heads of lots of you. Yeah. Men listening or women that aren't there yet or don't know anything like Vic and I, it's when women stop having periods. Am I right there? Yeah, that's right. Okay. It can lead to your bodies making you feel moody, overwhelmed, tired and in need of escape. Exactly. And that's where drinking can become an issue. God, it is unfair that women go through all this. I think this all the time. Men don't have to deal with any of this stuff. No. And men will go, oh, yeah, but I have to deal with my wife when she goes through medical. That is exactly. I've never actually found it to be that bad. Yeah, okay, good. I've been quite lucky, I suppose. Yes. Like, I've never... Well, let's wait and see. We'll have to do a recap of this episode whilst Liz is going through the menopause. And we'll see how you're feeling about it then. We'll touch base in 15 years. That'd (laughs) be nice. Update. (laughs) When I Googled, I came up with some interesting search options. One of the most popular questions was, what alcohol is best for menopause? Wow. Or what wines will help with hot flushes? So there is a thought process when alcohol is so normalised that it will help your menopausal symptoms. That's a problem, Hamish. When, of course, at Sober Awkward, we know we'll only prolong whatever it is you're going through. But let's find out why. Figures show that women are most likely to exceed recommended drinking limits during the age of 45 to 64, with almost one in five women drinking more than 14 units of alcohol in a week in England. A Yale University study of more than 3,000 women suggested that those who don't drink much could change to excessive drinkers during the early menopause and onwards, while women who were excessive drinkers before the menopause appeared to moderate their drinking during that phase. Researchers said it was clear that the menopause marked a period of instability in drinking habits. Can I say something here? Do yes. we call it the menopause or is it just menopause? Is it like when old people go, you're on the Facebook? And you're, no, no, just Facebook. <laughs> I feel like I need to get my lingo right, otherwise I'm going to fall behind already. Yeah. Are we in menopause or the menopause? I would say the menopause, okay, I think, good, yes, fine. just so you know. Another review, <laughs> that's important to get that out of the way, another review found that stress and depression related to menopause may trigger the onset of alcohol abuse or worsen established alcohol misuse. God, these are really interesting stats, Hamish, aren't they? Mm. Because we didn't really realise any of this, but it is a major thing that happens yeah. to women. and. It changes them and it changes you physically and mentally, which can cause you to get interested in drinking again, even if you're sober. I had heard that alcohol can, uh, drinking alcohol the night before can make it worse the day after. Yes. I I only heard that this week. I did not know that it could like give you an urge to drink. I didn't know that they were connected in that way. Well, strangely, we're going to talk about periods today, Hamish. Bring it's, it on. Yeah, bring it on. I avoided it for too long yeah. in my life. I'm <laughs> okay, here we to go. embrace this conversation. So one of the things I remember when I was a massive drinker was the nights that I would get the most drunk, yeah. my period would arrive the next day. I think my premenstrual brain mm-hmm. made me want to drink before my period. And then I'd go, oh, that's okay. why I felt like that. That's why I wanted. And I would always get the most drunk the day before my period arrived. Yes. Okay. So it's definitely doing, it was definitely doing something 
dancing to me then. Because that was a little fun fact I learned about periods when I was about 16, 17. So oh, people yes. go, oh, you know, they behave awfully on their periods. No, often it's before the period that the yes. that the personality can be affected negatively. Yes, so definitely. So maybe yours was before the period you went, yes. I really want to it's get It's always hammered. before the period, Hamish, yeah. yes. Research has pointed out that due to social stigmas, women tend to have more difficulty gaining access to treatment and recovering from alcohol dependence than men do. Some women find that alcohol, particularly red wine, triggers hot flushes and night sweats, though the evidence is mixed in this regard. Some women convince themselves that wine helps their symptoms, when in fact it probably just numbs them out for an hour or so. Unlike most episodes in which there's loads of information about all our topics on this online, this one was more of a challenge. There is just not much out there about alcohol and menopause. We will tell you everything that we managed to track down. I guess this... Like, is this a thing that we don't talk about? Do, like, women who are going through this not share it? I think there's been... I think there has been a period of time, mind the pun, that people haven't spoken about it because there was some sort of shame in monthly cycles. Yeah. And now I think we're starting to talk about it a bit more because we're trying to take the shame out of everything now, like we do with sobriety. And... I think people are being more open and things like Instagram, there's accounts mm-hmm. on there about, about menopause and perimenopause. I think all that helps and it is a conversation that people are starting to get into. I'm seeing more and more about it. I don't know whether that's because I'm reaching the age or because right. it is more, that information is more available now. I mean, I know that going through it sounds rubbish. Yeah. But is there not an element of like, oh, thank God for that. Like, I will not have periods anymore. Periods are not a lot of fun. No, they're not. And I think there is a sense of relief, but it depends how bad your symptoms are. Yeah. Because some people feel like they're completely going mad Mm -hmm. and they lose themselves and they don't know who they are anymore. And it can be quite scary. And I'm scared about it because I used to have anxiety. And one of the Simpsons, one of the Simpsons, one of the Simpsons is Homer. (laughs) (laughs) One of the Simpsons. Okay, we're going to get stuck it. On One of the symptoms is anxiety. So I would, really? I can't go through that again. Yeah. I would hate to go through that. And all this work I've done on sobriety to get rid of my anxiety and now to have that back, I really would feel like I was stay, taking a step in the wrong direction. Yeah. Okay, so you, yeah. you touched on it there. And I did check before we did the live recording, so I'm not going to put you completely on the spot here. But you are not there yet. You are not yet at menopausal stage in your life i don't think so i'm 46 and they say after 40 your hormones start to go a bit haywire Mm -hmm. but i've been to the doctor and i've had the blood test i'm not yet perimenopausal but i am honestly worried about it as i said i don't want my sobriety to be derailed because that can happen too Mm -hmm. the symptoms can be so bad that it makes you thinking about drinking would you feel and this might be a silly question but would you feel more comfortable talking about this topic with another woman rather than a man? Is it kind of like periods when people feel funny, a girl talking to a boy about it? I think it is. I just think we don't want to sort of embarrass men. It's like this old school tradition that it's just not something that men want to talk about. Whereas in fact, it has massive impact on relationships. So men do need to know. Particularly if somebody, you know, a sober woman turns back to drink, that's going to affect the husband enormously. It's going to affect everyone enormously, everybody in the family, quite honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so let's focus on hormones for a second. It is the big drop in estrogen levels that causes most of the symptoms of menopause. So it's the change in your hormones that makes you feel off balance. 
Hormones act as a chemical messenger to control and coordinate the functions of the body's tissues and organs. When the hormone system is working properly, the exact amount of hormone is released at exactly the right time, and the tissues of the body accurately respond to those messages. But how does this relate to booze? Drinking alcohol can impair the functions of the glands that release the hormones and the functions of the tissues targeted by those hormones, which can result in medical problems. When alcohol impairs the hormone system's ability to work properly, it can disrupt major bodily functions, such as growth and development, maintenance of blood pressure and bone mass, production, utilisation and storage of energy, and reproduction. Research with laboratory animals has also revealed that alcohol impact on hormonal pathways can influence alcohol seeking behavior right let's hear from an expert then my name's dr sally hunt i'm a clinical psychologist and i'm also a senior lecturer at the university of newcastle where my research is all about women's use of alcohol and the relationship between addictive substances like alcohol and our mental health and well-being when I reach 40, my hormones have gone a bit all over the place and my periods are here, there and everywhere. I don't know whether that's related to my age or menopause or what's going on. But I know that it's something between 50 and 75% of people that listen to the Sober Awkward podcast are women that are experiencing premenopause or menopausal symptoms. And I did find this, this term alcohol-seeking behaviour which I'm guessing is people having symptoms of menopause and then reaching for a drink to numb that out. Can you tell me anything about that? Well, look, when we think about what drives people to drink alcohol, the traditional thought of younger people drinking to enhance a good time really is less applicable as we age. And more often than not, older people tell us that they're drinking to alleviate something unpleasant that's going on or to cope with something unpleasant that's going on or out of habit. But what you're describing are those people who might be experiencing something, whether it's a physically unpleasant thing that could be associated with menopause or uh, feelings of emotional distress, again, that could be associated with menopause or could be just part of ageing and the change in lifestyle, leaving the workforce, lots of, it's a time of great change, you know, for people in that latter half of the 50s and 60s, there's a big period of change. And we know that people are often, encouraged is the wrong word, driven, I guess, to seek alcohol as a way of coping with those unpleasant feelings, whether they're physical or emotional. Yeah, and of course, especially if you're someone who is already prone to using alcohol to numb out feelings rather than just for fun, um, potentially uh, having an addiction to alcohol. And if you've struggled with it, you know, in the past, then perhaps that's going to be a time where you're going to lean on it more. And I think mm-hmm. that's perhaps why we saw we see more women that after their 40s are having problems with alcohol, because perhaps it's not just because of habit, it's because they're experiencing these symptoms, and they're looking for ways to to get rid of it. I wonder if it's actually a, a perfect storm of the combination between accessibility, acceptability and need. So we have those changes that are leading to that drive to feel better and alcohol being a potential solution for that is one corner of that triangle. But also if I think about people that I know in their 50s and 60s, they're potentially no longer caring for anybody else. Um, 
as a mum. So that opens the door to having the flexibility and the freedom to drink when they want to, but perhaps they haven't had at other stages in their life. So there's that accessibility component. And being in a lifestyle uh, where they're able to go out, they're able to travel more, they're able to reclaim those parts of their lives that have been shelved for some time, yeah. perhaps during that working the working years. It's a perfect storm where alcohol is, um, sadly, in our culture, it's really part of that lifestyle. It's part of the, oh, you're not at work anymore, relax, drink, have a holiday. And so I think that we're seeing multiple things psychologically, physically, and socially that could be driving that. Yeah, it's so interesting because I did read somewhere that the amount of women that start drinking in their 40s and 50s is actually really high. So even people who who haven't had that socially ingrained culture already go on to drink at the time about when the menopause starts. So it's really interesting. I see what you mean about this perfect storm. There's a lot going on at that time. Suddenly you've got this sense of freedom, but perhaps there's something mentally going on and physically going on, which is going to cause you to seek out alcohol, which is really strange, isn't it? Because you'd think if if you are having feelings, I mean, it's because it's so ingrained in our culture that that I'm going to feel better thing relates to alcohol as well as your mental state. So it can be a very confusing time for women, I think. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of dangers involved when you're seeking alcohol at that time with all these hormone hormonal changes mm-hmm. going on. What are the yeah. dangers of drinking alcohol when you're going through the menopause? Well, look, we know that women are more susceptible to the effects of alcohol than men on general because of the makeup of the female body compared to the male body. Um, so this, what that really means is the same quantity of alcohol dispersed across a female body will cause intoxication at a lower, I'm going to be sound scientific and say at a lower dose. We know that the harmful effects of alcohol become apparent sooner in the life course of a woman compared to a man, a female body compared to a male body, I should say. And again, these are things that we don't have any control over when we're choosing whether or not to drink, but they're important pieces of knowledge, I think, for people to have to inform their decision-making about whether alcohol is what they're going to use. So it makes sense to me from a behavioural standpoint that when life is stressful, we look for ways to alleviate that stress It also makes sense that alcohol is readily available, it's legal, in some settings it's encouraged, that that would be one of the first things people try to cope with these unpleasant feelings. I've certainly heard many women talk about difficulty sleeping and that drive to have a drink to help them sleep. Now, what we know is alcohol certainly might put you to sleep, but a few hours later, it's going to wake you back up again. And it actually results in a worse pattern of sleep than having a warm milk or or just a glass of water. So I think education and information are going to be key for women to be able to make the right choices for them and weigh up real information rather than a hunch or something they've heard on the grapevine or look at the data in terms of their own personal experience of drinking in menopause and determine whether or not that's right for them based on, oh, well, I fell asleep after I drank, therefore it helps me with sleep. I think it's interesting when I was researching this, I found 
um, what alcohol will help my hot sweats, what alcohol helps my menopausal anxiety. So people are out there searching for particular alcohols to, to cure the symptoms of menopause, which I found quite fascinating, but also quite scary because I know that you probably feel the same as I do, that alcohol is never going to help anything. If you are having menopausal symptoms, alcohol is actually always going to make them worse. Would you agree? It would be my hunch that that's correct. I think alcohol, we know, bottom line, whether you're in a male body or a female body, a young body or an old body, it's harmful, it's toxic. And so when you make a choice to drink alcohol, you're if you're believing the headline that says, you know, 10 glasses of red wine will help your lower your chances of heart attack, well, I think you're doing that realising that that's a bit of a, an exaggeration and not particularly accurate. There's a heap of, I, I did an exercise where I went down the rabbit hole once about, is alcohol actually good for you? You know, this whole red wine is good for you. I thought, I'm going to just explore this and get to the bottom once and for all. Uh, And what we find is the quantity of that beverage that you would need to have to get the good bits. So if there was a beverage that was created that had alcohol in it and also was helpful in some way for you with menopause, the amount that you would have to drink to get the good bits to help with your health would be contained in such a huge amount of alcohol that it would make you very, 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 very unwell. Yeah. Um, and, and as often as not, in the case of the whole red wine thing, the chemical, the enzyme that apparently is in there that you need that is good for you is not actually something that we need in our diet anyway. So I really encourage people to become savvy consumers, not just to read the headline that reinforces their previous behaviour and makes them feel good about that, but rather dig deeper, ask smart questions, talk to your GP, go to the medical expert and ask what will be the best thing that can help with my hot flushes or what will be the best thing that I can do for my mood swings? It's so hard, isn't it, when you're being led by all of this information up out there. Even for a mum, there's all these mummy means and alcohol, Mm. all these cards. I went to buy somebody a birthday card the other day and I couldn't find one without a boozy quote on it. But yeah, for me, it is hard because you are trying to battle through all of this wrong information being piled upon you in every direction and it's hard to know which bits are true but I think from our conversation is what we can gather is that generally alcohol is not going to help any of your symptoms of your menopause and unfortunately it's something that we're all going to have to go through and to always consult your doctor about this rather than going online and saying what wine is going to help my hot flushes. Absolutely and look I know that there are lots of barriers that get in the way of people seeking out that advice maybe there's a bit of embarrassment about talking about menopause not even necessarily having have connected that this is something a doctor might be able to help with. So I'd encourage people if they're going to go online and Google, if that's their first um, line to get information about their health, go to a reputable site like um, the health department or any government agency, Australian government agency, where we have some sense that the advice you find is going to be evidence-based. Yeah. If we go, if we Google something general like what alcohol is good for X, well, you're never entirely sure who's funding the information that you see. And as often as not, it might be funded by someone who has a vested interest in the alcohol industry. For me personally, it's funny you say that. Like we think about all of these situations. It's, it's hard for me to have an opinion on something that I haven't been through yet. But something I have a fear over is that when I drank before, when I was a drinker for over five years ago, 
I had terrible anxiety. And I know that that is a symptom of menopause. And there is a sort of fear in me that when I'm going through the menopause in five years time, whenever that might be, that those symptoms might come back. And my only cure to my anxiety back in the day was to have another drink. And I can imagine that's why it causes this need is because I'm trying to cure an old symptom of mine that I haven't had since I gave up drinking. And for me, mm-hmm. mentally, there is only one answer. So how would you recommend that people that are already sober deal with the symptoms of the menopause when they've already given up their one crutch that they used to use? Yes, that's such an important question. And we know that experiences that are like triggers for how things used to be are a serious risk to somebody's decision-making around alcohol use. So if you recognise yourself in that description, I'd encourage you to spend this time now before you get there building up your skills and your and your personal toolkit for managing anxiety. Getting familiar with your own anxiety or your own sense of well well-being within yourself to start with so that you can actually do a little, I call it a body check, a little self-check. When I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling a bit weird, what's going on with me today? And and kind of checking through my body. Do I feel physically, am I in pain? Do I feel physically okay? No, I feel okay. Is there something I'm worried about? Is there something that's been getting in my head? Yes or no? And if there is, can I do something practical about that? Or do I need to shelve that and put it in that, okay, that's thinking for later? Hmm. Uh, if I notice that just general symptoms of anxiety, particularly things like panic, anything that's involving change in breathing, those very physiological, physical symptoms of anxiety, if that's happening, I always think a good place to start when things like that come back is to go and talk to a medical person. So talk to your GP or your specialist, because those are things that could be, it could be a lot of things that are going on. And it may be a hormonally driven symptom that the doctor can actually help with. If they determine that it's anxiety, then I would recommend talking to a psychologist, a social worker, any other type of qualified counsellor to get some support. There are also heaps of resources online that you can access um, through Beyond Blue uh, and, and other places to get some basic skills around relaxation strategies and things that you can use. Yeah. I know for me, it's like the fear of the fear. So already I feel like, oh, well, I've sort of of set myself up for failure. And if I was to get an an ounce of that feeling of panic again, I feel like I'll jump straight back into it and be like, oh God, Mm -hmm. I'm having panic attacks again and the world's all falling apart. So that is brilliant advice just to be aware that that is something that that might come back a little bit in in my later years and to have the tools already to be able to deal with it. That's such good advice. And just because it comes back doesn't mean you have to drink. Just because you drank to cope with it before doesn't mean you have to drink to cope with it this time. It's just those little reminders to yourself that, oh, that, that thought that I have to drink to cope with my anxiety, that's just a thought. It's not actually a fact. And that's take the wind out of the sails of that thought. Yeah, play the tape forward and remember that you're, you know, there's this your sobriety is only going to give you more strength than you've ever had before. So probably you're going to be able to cope with the menopause a lot better if there is no alcohol mm-hmm. involved at all. And we also know that 
alcohol contributes to anxiety. So if you've been alcohol free for a few years, you're already in a better place than you were last time when you were experiencing that anxiety. I would never drink again. I know that deep in my heart. So the, even the thought of drinking scares me. So I, I wondered what it would be like for me even just going, oh my gosh, I've got anxiety and I feel like drinking again. And that's a lot of the emails we get on our podcast is like, I'm going through the menopause and I feel like drinking again. This is not, I've been sober. Some people for 20 20 years and they get that trigger and it, it starts them thinking about drinking, which it feels quite dangerous to a sober person. It's not necessarily about that they're going to take the drink, but it's the feeling of of yes. wanting again. It's like I'm losing control and what's going on with me. And that can feel really overwhelming, I think. Well, let's remember that cravings are like a stray cat. When a stray cat comes around, if you give that cat attention, you pat it, you cuddle it, maybe you even give in and feed it, it's going to encourage that, that stray cat to keep coming around. Yeah. If you are able to notice that it's there and ignore it, that reduces the likelihood the cat will come back. Even better if you can be proactive and get that cat to somewhere else, so bring in some supports and some services, then you're going to prevent it from coming back to your door again next week. And cravings and drive to seek alcohol is, is much the same. The more we dwell and ruminate about it, the more we're thinking about it, we increase the likelihood of, of giving in. If we're able to get try ourselves to take a little break from that craving, notice it's there. Don't be too stressed by it. This is a mindfulness strategy. Acknowledge it and let it go. Off you go, cat. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna feed you today. Or get some support. Bring in a psychologist. Bring in a counselor. Bring in some uh, your GP and get some support around how best to ignore it. Yeah. That's your better path. But um, I agree that the stress about anxiety is often far, far worse than the reality of whatever yeah. it is we're anxious about. So true. I'm a sucker for, for winding myself up. And also I'm allergic to cats, so hopefully I won't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as I say, this is there are two cats. In <laughs> that's all. Oh, that's excellent information. Thank you so much, Sally. I, I, right. We don't usually have guests on our podcast. It's usually me and my co-host, Hamish you're waffling along at each other. But sometimes when we haven't experienced something ourselves, we have to bring in the big gun. So we totally appreciate you coming on here today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I know 350% more than I knew 10, 15 minutes ago. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Hamish, how it affects us? Yeah. It's incredible. There's some other ways. We, we touched very briefly on sleep there. But alcohol has a massive effect on sleep, which women during the menopause have problems sleeping anyway. So if you drink alcohol during the menopause, it's like a double whammy because mm -hmm. you're not going to get sleep. You've got these hot flushes going on. You've got all sorts of other symptoms and it can cause massive sleep disturbance. What are some other things, Hamish? Menopause and alcohol can also affect your mood. We're talking about not just like having a bad mood, it can actually lead to depression. The reason for that is that a drop in estrogen leads to a reduced serotonin, and that affects the pleasure receptors in the brain. We've talked about those in the past. Yeah. So it can literally affect your central nervous system and make you depressed. Alcohol and menopause can cause all sorts of other medical conditions as well. In tandem with the menopause, drinking a lot of alcohol over a long period affects bone density and increases your chances of developing osteoporosis later in life. 
So that's interesting as well as all these other side effects. In a five-year study, postmenopausal women who increased their alcohol intake were found to be great at greater risk of breast cancer as well. Menopause can also affect your ageing. So over the last 10 years, rates of alcohol use disorder, we mentioned that earlier, have risen by 84% in women in comparison to just 35% in men. Regardless of sex, we all break down alcohol in our systems more slowly as we get older. This is worse for women going through menopause as an increase in body fat means that alcohol is more concentrated and toxins can stick around longer to do more damage. So it's everything, basically. Drinking alcohol during the menopause affects everything. That's what we're learning here. Not small things. These are huge things. Sleep, ageing, your mood, everything. So, men, listen up now. Because there is also a thing called men's menopause, which we want to focus on for a second now. So, do hormonal changes with similar symptoms occur in men as they age? Is male menopause a real medical issue? The answer is yes. Male menopause is a condition that affects older men. It carries a set of symptoms that are linked to declining testosterone levels and ageing. It is also referred to as the andropause. There you go. Okay, andropause. Not every man will experience this. Good news. But the symptoms are very real. There's a reason it's called male menopause. It's because it can produce many of the same symptoms as females. Those symptoms include irritability, weight gain, low sex drive and function, problems sleeping, depression, fatigue and loss of strength. It may even include hot flushes. You've written hot flashes here, which, oh, yeah. which, I, which I quite liked. <laughs> I'm flashed. Yeah, I thought it was like a hot person on a nudist beach just revealing <laughs> themselves. Yeah. Um, I did mean hot flushes. Sorry. Okay, yeah, I thought we might have It's funny, that hot flushes thing, because everyone refers to that all the time with the menopause, mm-hmm. when it's obvious now that there's so much more to it, isn't there? Yeah. It's how little we know. Guess what, Hamish? The loss of testosterone can lead to men having erectile dysfunction, something I know you suffer with. <laughs> <laughs> something I'm very familiar with, yes. <laughs> Not really. Sorry, Liz. Uh, <laughs> as well as the problems listed above, all of these symptoms combined might induce feelings of inadequacy and the need to drink more than ever before. So we want to be unbiased on this podcast and we're going to look at reasons that men, as they age, they might feel certain symptoms of ageing that can be quite similar and it may cause them to reach for a drink. It sounds to me as if menopause is not something that can be avoided. When you hit a certain age, it's coming for you. Is there any way that we can get through this stage of life unscathed without turning to alcohol? Yep, there certainly is. There's a few things you can do to try and lessen the symptoms. I mean, Hamish, some women don't get any symptoms. Really? Some people have to have a hysterectomy. Some people have to go on hormone replacement therapy. There's all different sorts of things you can do. But some women actually don't get any symptoms. So this isn't going to be the same all across the board. Everyone's going to be different and your symptoms will be different. And am I right in thinking for some people it can only last a few months and for others it's years as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. So one of the best things you can do is to have a really healthy diet, regular exercise, looking after your mental health, reducing your stress levels, getting enough good quality sleep, using lightweight sleepwear and bedding Mm -hmm. to help with night sweats, avoiding the things that trigger your hot flushes, quitting smoking and alcohol and menopausal hormone therapy, which is MHT, previously known as hormone replacement therapy, which is HRT. I think another one that I would add there is try and find someone who's going through it at the same time. Yes, so great idea. Both having these 
lows and you're both thinking I quite fancy a drink and you're both thinking maybe if I drunk it wouldn't be as bad you're going to need a little bit of support mm. knowing men not always your husband is the best person to talk to turn to yeah. in these situations <laughs> so you know? true I think also trying to sit with a feeling of craving if you're going through the menopause and knowing that that's what it is I think mm. if you're sitting and you're you're you've been sober, or you're considering sober, or you're still a drinker, and and these feelings are making you want to drink more, we always say sit with it, sit with it, and recognise what it is. It's not drinking that mm. you need to do. It's actually going to pass, and this this feeling will change. It might take a few minutes of you sitting there and really thinking about your reasons why you're sober and the reasons why you don't drink to get over it and get past it. As they say, this too shall pass, and the solution is never ever going to be alcohol because that is going to make you feel much, much worse. Yeah, let's make that quite clear. If you do turn to alcohol during this moment, it will affect your mood, it will affect your weight, your sleep, it will make the whole transition more difficult. So if you are a drinker, it's time to find ways to reduce consumption. Listen, at the end of the show, we've got a few ideas for you then. As always on Sober Awkward, we need you to listen to your own body. The side effects from these bodily changes vary from person to person and yours might not be addressed in this episode today. So if you feel like your alcohol intake is increasing or you're seeking alcohol more since being perimenopausal or menopausal and if you're between the ages of 40 and 55, we recommend that you talk to your doctor to find out if the changes in your hormones could be causing this need. Really important, guys. We know this is a bit of a serious episode, but it's just not funny, is it? No. We can't joke about it. It's not funny for anyone. It's not funny for anyone, no. There's a really good book recommendation, which is Menopausing by Davina McCall. It's more than just a book. This is a movement now, an uprising. Menopause affects every woman, and yet so many approach it with shame and fear, misinformation or silence. Davina, there's nothing she can't do, Davina McCall. If you don't know who she is, she's very much sort of an English celebrity, I guess. She's a TV presenter in England. Then she became the face of, like, fitness for a yes, while. Yes, she did, yeah. She, all of these fitness videos, and she was, like, the, the hot 50-year-old. And now she's the voice of menopause, by the yeah. looks of things. Well, it's good Amazing because she woman. just talks honestly. Yeah. That's what she does. It's what she's always done, and that's why everyone always likes her, because she is open and honest, and that is what's going on with her. Yeah. So it's great that she's being loud and proud about it. I like her. So you said at the start, Vic, there were going to be also some tips for men on how they should treat women as they're going through these changes. So enlighten me what are the, what are the tips um stay the fuck away when you need to bring chocolate lint balls on demand never disagree take the bins out take over when she's not in the mood read up on it and don't say stupid things like cave women had to deal with the menopause get over it or at least you don't have periods anymore <laughs> oh, <laughs> which okay. you've already I said already did yeah, say you've that. already said yeah. it okay so it's kind of similar to having a pregnant wife really just do what they say and yeah. your life will be a bit better. Yeah, cook, clean, be kind. As ever, talk about it, but not too much. And read up on it, but not so much that you're more of an expert than her. That's it, my tip. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good tip. I did Never. overread on the, on the baby books yeah. and probably offered unsolicited advice more than I should have done. I think John pretended to have read the baby books, really? which is quite concerning. Yeah, he doesn't like reading. I always see him sort of scanning pages and I'm thinking, you are not taking in any of that information. So when he'd swaddled the baby he like wrapped it up like it was a like a sausage in a blanket you know like yeah. you have a yeah it's all like it was open at the ends wrapped up in bacon <laughs> yeah. yeah it was open up the ends with legs sticking out and yeah. head out but just something wrapped around the middle <laughs> it didn't work 
Men are bad. That's what we have. No, that's John, what we have to John, say on these menopausal John ones. John is a model dad. <laughs> yeah, he is. I actually, didn't read the, the books. I tried to find an Instagram quote about the menopause, yeah. but they were all a load of misogynistic toss. Yeah, of course. So I'm not even going to give them a light of day, Hamish. All it was was like loads of stuff about it causing men suffering. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and how it's causing global warming because of all the hot flushes. That's a little bit funny. Yeah, is it? <laughs> I think. That phrased the right way, that could be inoffensive. I, I added at the end here, Hamish, just to say that if you're going through the menopause or the perimenopause, I am thinking about you, but Hamish is not. Uh, <laughs> is that fair to I, say? I'm sending my best wishes. Yeah. I'm not lying awake in bed thinking about you sweating. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's what you think about every night. Yeah, so we just want to say we wanted to do this episode today to sort of get a message out there to people to be conscious of your alcohol consumption when you're at this age. Because even if you're not a massive drinker, you can become one when you're going through this because it just seems easier because you feel down or you might feel depressed or you might have a headache or hot flush and you feel like you want something to make you feel better. But of course, on Sober Awkward, we know that alcohol is going to make you feel better for a very, very short-lived manner of time and it is so not going to be worth it in the long run so don't get into the fridge or to the bottle shop or do any of those things stay sober for your menopause and hopefully it will make things a lot easier good luck yeah good luck out there we can say it's not easy it's not an easy time i'm glad that i know infinite amount more than i did an hour ago i'm glad hamish that you stayed you didn't run out of the room and look scared or anything these are conversations that men need to have yes i can remember when i was like 14 15 friends of mine like beginning to get their periods i'm like i don't want to hear i don't want to hear about periods periods are scary yeah and actually like when you're i was a bit older and i was in a relationship and then i started listening and understanding a bit better brings you closer to the opposite sex these are important conversations it is an important conversation my son the other day i said i've got my period he went oh that's disgusting and i think it's really important to pull people up on those phrases and change the vocabulary in your house because we need to start embracing our bodies a bit more learning a bit more about them and not having shame about these things what's shame about something that's natural it's it's crazy to have this old traditional view of this so we need to change the vocab in the house and say look this is just mummy's change this is how I have children in fact Mm. this is how you were born is because I create blood every month and it's important for your kids especially the boys to know what's going on with your body so keep the lines of conversation open the lines of conversation I'll just finish with this they were not open in my house growing up right I can remember in a doctor's reception once a lot of other people there and I was playing with my mum's handbag oh yeah pulled out a tampon said mum you always have these in your bag what are these (laughs) and she just lost it (laughs) it was the most embarrassing thing for her I must tell the story of my grandmother very quickly, Hamish. When she was about 85 years old, she came round Because in the old days, when she was a kid, you just stuffed like cotton wool in your knickers yeah, and things. Nice. It was, there wasn't really any good setup <laughs> for women and periods back then. And we're talking in the 1930s. She started bleeding again when she was 80. I don't know why that happens. But yeah, she... need to know about that. Yeah, I don't know why. And she said to my mum, what do I do? And my mum said, well, you just go and buy sanitary pads and you stick them on and it soaks up the blood. Mm. About two weeks later, she came back and said, oh, they were brilliant, those sanitary pads. Oh, but didn't they hurt when I peeled it off? Oh, God. (laughs) She'd she'd stuck it on the wrong way around. (laughs) 
Oh, um, it's good. It waxes as well. That's nice. Yeah, on that note, uh, you can think of my lovely grandmother, oh, Dora. No, please don't. <laughs> Thank. Oh, I just did a snort, Hamish. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. fix has got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck in one awkward hit. 
If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, it's probably ones with moody, moody what? sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folk. Yes, yes, okay, yeah, good, yeah. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny-weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. (laughs) 